Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow Trash Talkers, whatever time you are tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with D Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. It is Wednesday, the 10th of January, 2024, the official coach's firing day, fire sale, whatever we want to call it. I'll start this episode saying that the Tennessee Titans are a disgrace with what they just did with Mike Vrabel, but we'll hit on that a little bit later. We're going to run through our best of the best for week 18, as well as our time to take out the trash. No doubt, Tennessee will feature there. We'll also slide into our DMs at Trash Talk with D-Bork there on Instagram and TikTok. Keep sending those through. As always, appreciate the love there. And then we'll also hit on some of our best bets for playoffs. Playoff football. Week one of the NFL playoffs. I've got some exciting news coming up for week one of the NFL playoffs, but we'll, we'll leave that to the very end for, for this episode. So why don't we start with our best of the best for the very last week of the regular season, and how can you not start with this kid, CJ Stroud, the rookie killer. He's just about He has to be rookie of the year, right? I mean, apart from Puka Nakua, who's been phenomenal, who also broke records this year. This kid uh, took his team to the AFC playoffs as well as an AFC South title as well. Uh, CJ Stroud went 20 of 26 for 264 and two touchdowns. Uh, An opening play bomb to Nico Collins to really, I guess, set the tone of this game. Didn't just say, I'm not scared. I am that guy, and he is that guy, because him and D'Amico Ryans have elevated the Texans once again. We never thought uh, they'd get there, I guess, this quick, given... J.J. Watt was that guy for so long in Houston. They had a guy in Deshaun Watson through different circumstances, had to move him on, but they have landed a guy in C.J. Stroud, and he is just so good. He's now the new king, I guess, of the AFC South. A 23-19 victory at Indy. As we know, that match was somewhat marred with a little bit of, I don't know, couldn't say controversy, but a bad, bad miss from Gardner Minshew to uh, Tyler Goodson. Why Tyler Goodson was in the game, I'm not too sure. And I, I, I'm not blaming him whatsoever for that pass. That pass was behind him. Yeah, probably should have caught it, but why is he in the game? You could have, Jonathan Taylor just ran all over him all game, so why wouldn't you continue just to hand the ball off, which was a little bit surprising given how stout that Houston run D has been. Jonathan Taylor just completely ripped him apart, so... I don't know how you're not backing the guy that you have paid a lot of money just to go pick up another yard or yard and a half for what it was, but they took him out of the game for Goodson and took Indy out of the playoff race for Goodson. (laughs) Nico Collins also had a huge game as well with CJ. We spoke about it before as well with Tank Dell going down. like That's a big out for for the Houston Texans and where they were going to get that production from. Collins went 9 for 195, obviously an 80-yard touchdown the first play of the game, but he was extremely productive. Another similar kind of Hail Mary pass that uh, CJ Stroud threw up to Collins late in that contest with about 8 or 9 minutes to go. It looked like he was going to take a sack, then just head one one out to Collins along the sideline. Schultz was awesome late in that game as well. They'd believe their every chance of winning a home playoff game against the Cleveland Browns. And I think going in with a kid who is almost playing like he's got nothing to lose right now, uh, they're very, very, very impressive. Very impressive team. Tough loss, though, for, for the Colts, for sure, in that one, especially at home. It was loud there. 
the loud house, as they call it. Uh, very, very good win for the Houston Texans, and congrats on making the playoffs and winning the AFC South. Speaking of Kings, Derek Henry in what may very well be his finale in Nashville. I mean, he he went out after the game, and that speech was, was something else, and that was definitely something saying, thanks for the memories, I'm out. I don't blame him, especially after today. 153 yards on 19 carries for a touchdown in a 28-20 victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which kicked them out of the playoffs. Jags were playing for, you know, winning, I guess, the AFC South, and they were awful. A, a real, real fall from grace from that team. But focusing on Derrick Henry here, we have said it pretty much was his final swan song for the King. One last time to destroy the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's done it many, many times over his eight-year career in Tennessee. In particular, that 99-yard touchdown years back now. I mean, who can who could ever forget that? That was posted on our TikTok at Trash Talk with D-Bork, if you want to see that again. He's... The best thing that's ever happened to the Tennessee Titans, for sure, Derrick Henry, and he deserves to now go on and compete with a team who's actually going to you know, win the Super Bowl, or at least has a chance to win the Super Bowl. You you put him into that Baltimore Ravens team alongside Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Good luck. He's a fair upgrade on Gus the Bus, with all due respect to Gus Edwards, but if I'm, if I'm putting Derrick Henry anywhere, I'm putting him in Baltimore and having him run that offense with Lamar Jackson because they would be near impossible to stop in that backfield for sure and they'd be competing for Super Bowls for years to come so thank you to Derek Henry for kicking the Jags out I'm not going to say it's a bit of revenge for last year with with them defeating us and Josh Dobbs picking him up off the street they were lucky to win that but it is nice to see you ruin a another I guess AFC South rival and their chance of of you know making the playoffs and and having a bit of a run with them Bad loss, though, for the Jags. Real bad. We'll talk about them a little bit later. There. Speaking of young fellas who have definitely exceeded expectations this year, Jordan Love. Yeah. We were all over the Chicago Bears. I will happily, happily put my hand up to that to say that the Chicago Bears were going to go into Green Bay and ruin the Green Bay Packers' chances of making the playoffs, but Jordan Love had other ideas. He went 27-32 for 316 and two touchdowns against a very, very stingy Bears D. I mean, final score of you know 17-9 just shows how close that game was. It was a game of who's going to make the next big play, and Jordan Love just continued to make him down the stretch. All credit to him, especially with with who they've got out injured right now. They didn't have AJ Dillon, didn't have Christian Watson, but he just manages to find guys. Aaron Jones was also huge for them. He rushed for 111 on 22 carries, but the biggest one that's kind of making I guess the next big move for the Green Bay Packers in this incredibly young lineup. They are the youngest ever team to now ever make the playoffs also. But Jaden Reed, four receptions for 112. He's just the ultimate gadget guy for them. You can get him out of the backfield or you get him into open space, and he's super, super quick. Him and Jordan Love had an amazing connection that they've got going on right now. And if Christian Watson can somehow come back into the fray come playoffs week one against the Dallas Cowboys, you couldn't count him out. You couldn't. Their rush defense is obviously still very, very suspect, but they held up extremely well against Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert there. I won't mention Khalil Herbert. He had himself a shocker against the Packers uh, for a defense that just gives up yards for fun. But they forced Justin Fields into making plays with his arm, and he he couldn't do it. Um, And on a big stage for someone who was somewhat playing for his job to a certain degree, 
in Chicago, given that they've got the number one pick and Caleb Williams is that guy. Are they going to stick with Fields? I'm not sure after that because they would have hoped that put him into the pressure cooker and that was the one that they would have been hoping that he that he got the win. But he didn't. Can't put it all on, on Fields. You know, there was, It was a low-scoring game as it was, but it was the other quarterback, Jordan Love, that was the guy making plays. And he's got his team into the playoffs now, so congrats to the Green Bay Packers because I don't think a lot of people would have had them in the playoffs this year. They might now have a guy in Jordan Love. Uh, last but not least, I'll, I'll admit it was a bit of a battle putting him in in Week 18, but at the end of the day, he still made plays that won the Buffalo Bills the game. Josh Allen, 30-38 for 359 and two touchdowns. He had two bad picks in the first half there. One he just I don't know, aired out and just shows the strength of his heart, to be honest with you. He also rushed for uh, 67 on 15 carries. Finally found himself a connection, I guess, with his guys. And Stefan Diggs, he had seven receptions for 87. And also Dalton Kincaid had seven receptions for 84. They lost Gabe Davis early in this one, but Shakir was huge in his place. He really was. He had six receptions for 105. The defense as well on the other side of the ball made some huge plays against Tua, forcing two picks. They also, I think Miami only had one or two first downs in the second half. One was on the first drive of the second half as well, so they really, really, really shut them down. And Miami definitely missed Jalen Model and Raheem Mostert there. But going back to Buffalo, obviously this that win gave them the AFC East title, which almost looked impossible somewhat midway through the year after they lost to Philly in overtime. But they've, they've won six of their last seven. As we mentioned, one of those losses was to Philly in Philly. I think they almost put a line through them when they lost to Denver a couple of weeks before that in Buffalo. But all credit to them. They they really, really, really stuck solid with Josh. Uh, he is a guy that you know can win you a Super Bowl. And it's been talked about for years now with this team that they have the ability to get this done. And especially now with their run, they play Pittsburgh week one. You simply just have to take care of business in that game. You do. And I think they will. And then you're more than likely going to play against the Kansas City Chiefs in week two, as long as they take care of business against the Miami Dolphins. So, yeah, that's it's definitely going to be one to watch. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well with them. But still an incredible, incredible finish to the season for the Buffalo Bills. They stole, I guess, the AFC East title off the Miami Dolphins. And now the Dolphins have a lot of big injury concerns going into the playoffs. So that is not ideal for them. Anyway, that is the best of the beast. Best of the beast. Best of the best done for uh, for week 18. Why don't we head to the garbage truck? Because we got some trash to take out in week 18. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty filthy about it too. All right. Yep, get backing up. We got it. Well, if you saw earlier this morning, Mike Vrabel was fired by the Tennessee Titans organization. Amy Adams Strunk and Rand Carthen have just decided that they want to part ways with Vrabes, and I understand he's lost a few games over the last couple of years, but this is a guy that put Tennessee back on the map alongside the likes of Derrick Henry, Jeffrey Simmons, Taylor Lewan, Kevin Byard. traded him away earlier this year. It's it's just a front office that is lost right now. They they really are. It's so disappointing. It it is. You know, if you look at Vrabes, Vrabes won Coach of the Year two years ago. They almost made the Super Bowl in 2020. Obviously, run out of nowhere 
to be honest with you. Derek Henry with that jump pass in Baltimore in the divisional round, winning winning at Baltimore, and then went into Kansas City and were up three scores on them against against them to make the Super Bowl until until Mahomes made that run down the sideline. That was all Tennessee. It was. If you ask any Titans fans over time, myself included, obviously, if we'd ever, ever think about losing Mike Rabel, we'd probably laugh at you. We would. Because that was... Waking up to that news this morning was... laughable. It was. Like I said, one coach of the year two years ago. Almost made the Super Bowl in 2020. Should have made the Super Bowl in 2021 if it weren't for Ryan Tannehill throwing three picks. This And then last year... With Josh Dobbs, almost made the playoffs with him with picking a quarterback up off the street. Like, how how aren't we moving in the right direction with him? I, I, I get it. We've lost we've lost some games over the last two years, but this is a genuine XFL roster. It's, it's awful. And the front office has traded our best players away. The likes of AJ Brown got traded a couple of years ago. Obviously, that was pretty much the writing on the wall. You saw Vrabe's reaction to that with our old GM now, J-Rob. And then trading away Kevin Byard this year to Philly, who was our best corner, and a guy who lived and breathed the two-tone blue that is the Tennessee Titans. It's embarrassing. Vrabes is going to be offered any gig that he wants right now, given there's plenty of uh, openings around the league. You'd like to think that Bill's going to step aside and he's a surefire candidate in New England to get them back off the ground and running, similar to what he did in in Tennessee, because he's shown that he could run with some below-average quarterbacks. You know, as much as I love Marcus Mariota, he lifted him. He got Ryan Tannehill to an AFC title game and also should have made it to, you know, another Super Bowl the year after that if it weren't for him. So he was below-average and paying him an absurd amount of money as well to do that. So we just haven't had the cash to control this kind of stuff and then you want to trade your best players away and you're going to blame the coach for not getting wins for a roster that is complete shite. It is. You needed to keep Vrabes in another year with Rand to to run the show uh, and they've, they've moved him on. They're obviously going in a completely different direction. I think it's set them back another five to ten years. So we're in some from... We're in some rough times as a Tennessee Titans fan. Yeah, it's it's bad. I think a lot of people are shocked around the league right now with that move they made this morning. Speaking of bad, we're going to stick to the AFC South and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. What an embarrassing, embarrassing way to finish the season for them. They lost five of their last six. You know, they were almost somewhat gifted an AFC South title, especially when CJ Stroud went down injured with how well Houston were playing. But... Yeah, they were they were bad. Them losing five of their last six somewhat reminded me of what Tennessee went through last year, but Tennessee also didn't have a quarterback last year. You know, Daniel got hurt, they had to play Malik Willis, then Willis got hurt and then had to play Josh Dobbs. Willis was eventually made available, but Dobbs was clearly a better quarterback even off the street. So, yeah, at least their quarterback was healthy. I think when they lost Christian Kirk, that was a big blow, but at the same time, they still had plenty of weapons. Yeah, and Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Say Jones, who was pretty average down the stretch. They were, yeah, bad. Their rush D, who was, has been solid somewhat, just got eaten alive the last few weeks by Baltimore, and then obviously Derrick Henry over the weekend, who's done that to him for years. So, yeah, that's a, it's a massive head shake for, for Jacksonville. 
their O-line needs a serious upgrade because Trevor Lawrence was taking some serious hits. Travis Etienne was also unsighted, I guess. He couldn't get any kind of run room going for the last probably three, four weeks, you know, maybe even five or six, to be honest with you. And that's a, that's a big blow for them for a team that heavily relies on him to get moving. And they couldn't do that. So, yeah, bad, bad ending to the season for Jacksonville. And, yeah, if you look at it, you know, just when people thought after they won the division last year that they were just going to run the AFC South, now you've got the likes of CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson when he comes in next year. Tennessee, I'll pretty much put a line through for a, for a stretch now. But, yeah, they they don't have it as easy as what they would have thought. So, yeah, some soul-searching to do in Jacksonville for sure there. Speaking of bad coaches, someone who has also been relieved of his duties, but he still belongs in the trash, was in Tennessee as an offensive coordinator in that run that the Titans had to the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. But Artie Smith, he was gifted an NFC South title this season with how bad the NFC South has been. And then he just completely forgot that B. John Robinson was on his roster every now and then. He was rightly so fired. I mean, you had to you had to get rid of him after what's been a complete mess this season. It really has. They've had a it's been a complete debacle at quarterback. They got rid of Marcus Mariota last year to somewhat push along Desmond Ritter, and he has been completely below average. Then they bring in Taylor Heineke, and you know Heineke can be good every now and then, but he's also shown that he's clearly not a guy. But at the same time. You look at that quarterback room in the in the NFC South, and it's garbage everywhere, really. <laughs> you know, Baker Mayfield made the playoffs for Tampa. Uh, enough said, really. Derek Carr, below below average, who's been paid a lot of money over the years in New Orleans. Then obviously Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke in Atlanta, and then you look no further to our next team that we're going to bring up in the trash in in Bryce Young. So. Yeah, awful, awful job from Artie Smith this year. They had a shocker. They really did. And they had a decent secondary. Like They made a lot of good pickups in the offseason there. They had a running game to go with it. You just, you just need a serviceable quarterback, which is why I'm not going to be surprised if they somewhat make a, a play in the draft to pick up another kid or if they go after someone like a Kirk Cousins to, to control this team. And I think if you do land someone like Cousins, if Minnesota don't decide to pay him, he gives them a chance to win that division for at least the next few years because it's a bad division. It really is, and they've got enough pieces with Bijan, with Algier, with Kyle Pitts. If, you know, if I just need a quarterback who can realise who he is, and that would be Cousins. And Drake London, you know, they've, they've got plenty of pieces there to make noise. They just need a good coach now. They might go after Brabes. Who knows? They might. Wouldn't be the worst play, for sure. He's a guy who has had Derrick Henry for years, knows how to utilize that running back position. If he can get a creative offensive coordinator of mine to use him alongside your other pieces that you got, and that gives the Falcons plenty of plenty of room to, to go ahead and win an NFC South for years to come. They just need a capable quarterback as well. So, yeah, goodbye, Artie Smith. He was not very happy after the game against the Saints. Well played to James Winston, honestly. Last but not least in our trash pile is the Carolina Panthers. They had a 2-15 and season after selecting Bryce Young over CJ Stroud at 1. That completely flipped day of the draft because the day before the draft, CJ Stroud was the heavy odds-on favorite to go 1. And then for whatever reason, something happened overnight that... 
Carolina loved the I don't know the film or, or news. I guess that they got a Bryce Young. There was there was some test that CJ Stroud did that he failed miserably and apparently made him not a completely smart quarterback. That's that test can be thrown in the bin. <laughs> that test can pretty much go in the trash. Yeah, an an awful awful pick from them. You know they obviously traded up to get Bryce Young, which now they don't have a first round pick coming up in this coming draft. They're gonna have to build through through free agency, get him some, get him a decent O-line, get him a couple of decent weapons because you can't just point the finger at Bryce Young. As as somewhat bad as he has played, it's a, it, at the end of the day, it's a team game. It is. Coaching was bad, which is why they got rid of Frank Wright. And I don't know whether or not they need someone, they need a younger mind to push Bryce along, get him back to that form that he had in Alabama because he was one of the best college quarterbacks and he has looked like a guy who's going to be out of the league in about two years if this if this keeps up. If you actually look at their wins on the season, week eight they beat Houston 15-13, which was surprising enough as it was at home against CJ Stroud. Then another home victory in week 15 against the Atlanta Falcons. Again, he forgot who Bijan was. 9-7. There's a tweet that went out from at BFawks22. The Panthers are the first team in NFL history to not lead for a second in the fourth quarter this season. Both of their wins were field goals as time expired. That is special. It really is. It's awful. Even if you look at over the weekend against Tampa Bay, they lost that game 9-zip. <sighs> Offer something and you win the game. It's as simple as that. Baker is banged up something severe and it showed because he couldn't do anything offensively. They were lucky that Rashad White had a couple of big runs late. But... Tampa weren't much better than what Carolina was bringing, and it just shows you know, how bad they were for the entire season. So, yeah, trash pile for Carolina. Good luck in the coming years. I hope someone can bring Bryce Young along. Otherwise, it could be a short NFL career, or at the very least, he may need to sit behind a vet to, to learn. Yeah, tough times. Anyway, let's go to our questions for the week at Trash Talk with D-Ball. Keep sliding into those DMs. Thanks for sending those through this week. Why don't we go to at JSCO11 first. Should JJ McCarthy return to Michigan for another season? JSCO, big Jacksonville fan, so he would not be happy with the way things have gone down. JJ McCarthy, he 100% should be going back to college. He should. I don't know if he's going to. Uh, there's a couple of mocks that for some reason, have the likes of the Atlanta Falcons or Minnesota Vikings taking him early. I would not. If I was them, he's shown me I don't know, nothing that he should be close enough to a top 10 pick. He's young, yes. So I think if you draft him, similar to kind of what we've seen with Bryce Young, you need to sit him behind someone. But if you're someone like an Atlanta, you don't have a guy for him to sit behind because he's probably on the same level as Desmond Ritter anyway. Yes, he just won a national championship. Congrats to that. But why did he win a national championship in that title game? That was all their running game. It was. Corman Edwards just ran all through Washington. And that game hurts. Seriously watching that, given how much better Oregon were than Washington. But, yeah, like, J.J. McCarthy didn't give me anything to say, oh, this could be a guy in the NFL. Because if you look at it, in terms of where he realistically stands... In the quarterback draft pecking order, Caleb Williams obviously goes one. Drake May, Jaden Daniels, they're easily your top three for sure. And then I'd have Bo Nix, Michael Penix ahead of 
McCarthy as well. You know, he's probably maybe level with Penix, but just given age alone, that probably gives him a slight nudge over Bo Nix and Michael Penix. Seeing as he's 20 and the other two are 24, but at the same time, he's not ready for the league. He's not. You could go back to school for another year, compete for a natty. You're obviously getting paid at school as well, so that's fine now. That's not really an issue anymore. You go back and you look at next year's draft, you're competing with Sanders and probably only him, to be honest with you. If he was to go back to school, you're realistically only competing with him and maybe Quinn Ewers if he goes there, if he comes back to school as well. So, you know, if you decide to, to jump out this year, as much as those mocks have him at, you know, 9 or 10 to them, there's a chance they don't take him and you, he slides out to round 2 or 3 for sure. He 100% does. I don't know. If I'm him, I go back to school for another year. Develop your game. Be the guy in Michigan next year without your running game as good as what it was, and then you showcase yourself to be like, hey, maybe I can't even go ahead of Shadow Sanders because you're only going to be 21 by the time that comes around next year anyway. So it's not like you're, you're playing with an age game. You are still super young, so raw, so raw. Like big time that he won a natty, go in two in a row. Show that you can be the guy. Yeah. Back to school in my opinion, JJ. <laughs> All right, thanks for that, Jay Sko. Your team needs a new offensive line. At A underscore TJ24, now the Bills have secured the two seed. Are they finally going to go all the way? Well, we've been here before with Buffalo, but this is probably the best chance I guess they've had for the last few years. They've always had to go on the road to Kansas City to make the Super Bowl. But if you look at their run coming up now, they somewhat gifted a first-round matchup against Pittsburgh, especially with no TJ Watt. So you'd like to think they'll win that. And then you'd think they're going to be running into Kansas City or, I guess, the winner of Houston-Cleveland. But either way, that's two pretty tough defensive matchups there. But they, they get them at home. And that Bills crowd is going to be loud. They're going to be loud. So... The one bad thing, I guess, against Buffalo is that they are poor against the run. If they play Baltimore, if they obviously get there after the first couple of weeks, they need to stack that box and force Lamar into making plays through the air. It's a little bit different this year, I guess, in Baltimore for the fact that they've finally got some guys that he can get the ball to. Be interesting to see if Mark Andrews does come back for the later rounds of the playoffs, but even if he doesn't, Isaiah Likely has been incredible. Incredible over the last few weeks. But, and then you obviously got OBJ and Zay Flowers, the Bateman. They're, they're a very, very good footy team. But if you think about it on the, on the market, if it is Buffalo-Baltimore, in, in Baltimore you're probably looking at the Ravens being 2.5, maybe at home. So there's still every, every chance of going on a run, making the Super Bowl, and then probably run into the likes of Sam Fran, I'd say, in that one. Hopefully Detroit, but it could be Sam Fran. And that's it's a matchup they can win. It'll be a matchup that have plenty of points in it, I think, as well. But, yeah, they if there's ever going to be a year that Buffalo can do it, I think this is the year. It is. And I think a lot of people in Buffalo will be very happy, and the city of Buffalo will burn down if they win a Super Bowl. There'll be a lot of people going through some tables. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be cheering on a deep Buffalo playoff run. We mentioned it 
in weeks past they were plus 700 or eight dollars to win the afc so that is the team that we are cheering in the afc for sure nfc way it's uh san fran or detroit there so yeah thanks for your question there yappy i know you're a big nfl fan fantasy football fan as we all are big weekend for punishment weekend for some out there before i do wrap this thing up and get on to best bets i got a little uh, little announcement that's going to be made we've got a bonus episode coming up tomorrow yep a week one nfl playoffs preview episode which will hit late tomorrow afternoon early evening on apple and later on on spotify so yeah pretty excited to bring that one to you but we'll run through some best bets for week one of the playoffs first and then we'll obviously hit on a lot more in our week one nfl playoff preview episode coming out tomorrow jerry what do we got all right we got a few best bets for week one of the nfl playoffs we're gonna have a best bet in every game and we'll have more content for you in our NFL Week 1 preview episode coming up tomorrow. So, let's start with Houston-Cleveland. We'll take the over 44.5 in that contest. Mentioned in episodes past that that Cleveland defense is incredible, but they have given up a lot of points on the road. So CJ Stroud is going to, again, play pretty loose. It's a tough matchup for him, but at the same time, if Cleveland continue to show that they're capable of giving up some points on the road, then this should have some points in it. Joe Flacco has taken that somewhat air raid offense uh, to the Cleveland Browns, and Houston has a very, very suspect secondary, so I think Flacco could have himself a big day. It's easily the toughest matchup, you'd think, of the weekend to to figure out who's going to get a win, but I'm happy that there's going to be some points on the board in this one. So we'll take the over 44.5 there. Next, with Miami traveling to Kansas City, not going to lock anything in just yet, given that lineups are a big thing here, waiting on the likes of Waddle and Mostert. If they are in, we'll be taking the Miami Dolphins with the plus 4 or plus 3.5, however that market goes once it's locked in we'll be posting on that on socials at trash talk with dbork there on insta and tiktok next buffalo pittsburgh let's take the bills minus 10 we've spoke about it a lot in episodes past that the bills lackadaisical somewhat against some bad teams and just you know they'll know they win but they hang on I don't think this is going to be one of those cases. We're now into the playoffs. This crowd is going to be so, so loud in Buffalo because they never would have expected they were getting a home playoff game, but here we are. So we're going to take the minus 10 against Mason Rudolph. It's going to be, There should be some weather going on in this game as well, which makes things extremely, extremely difficult. So if the Bills can slow down that run with Najee and Jimmy Warren, it's going to make it pretty tough for Pittsburgh to score in this contest. And then we'll go to Dallas Green Bay. We're going to take the over 50 and a half in that one. Jordan Love's shown that he's not afraid of the big moment, especially in a dome. They can score some points. So, And Dallas have been known to give up plenty, but also score plenty at home. So we'll take the over 50 and a half there. Detroit Rams, we're going to take the over 51 and a half in that contest. How exciting is this one going to be? Matty Stafford going back to Detroit and Jared Goff also up against his former team be interesting to see if Detroit do a little tribute to Matty Stafford but this would finally close the book on the Stafford Lions career if Detroit can get this done I think they will 
But I think there's going to be some points in this one as well. It's going to be a very, very fun contest to watch. And then finally, on Tuesday, two teams that are a complete rabble right now. Tampa Bay and Philly, both quarterbacks are hurt. Jalen Hurts got hurt against the Giants. Baker was clearly ailing against the Carolina Panthers. This one could be a tight defensive battle in this contest. So as bad as their secondaries are, I don't think either quarterback are going to be able to take advantage of it given how hurt they are. So we're going to take the under 44 in this contest. As always, we are going to, like I said, have a bonus episode for week one of the NFL playoffs. That'll be coming out tomorrow. Uh, I'll be posting more best bets on there too. We'll try and find some touchdown scorers for all contests, especially once they're available. As always, keep your eyes on at Trash Talk with D-Bork on Instagram and TikTok. This has been fun. It's been a f- hell of a regular season. It really was. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Today was not fun, though, with the firing of Mike Vrabel. But we've got to move on because we got some playoff football to talk about. So I can't wait for tomorrow's episode. I hope everyone has themselves a day. I'll see you again tomorrow. Enjoy, everyone. This has been Trash Talk with D-Bork.